Hi! Welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink wine and talk about YA novels. I'm Reyna. And I'm Michelle. And this episode we are going to be discussing The Nowhere Girls by Amy Reed. It's a YA contemporary novel about teenage girls learning about feminism and sex positivity through dealing with rapists at their school. As usual, we will be discussing all content from the book, so there will be a lot of discussion surrounding rape, sexual assault, familial abuse, ableism, and very misogynistic language. Let's get to it! Before we get into the discussion, we'd just like to say we've been lying to you, all like two of you, but (laughs) this is the first episode where we're actually drinking wine. And I'm paying for it. Okay. We are drinking a Pinot Noir because we are fancy adults. Tastes like wine. It tastes like adult wine. Probably not gonna get it again, I don't know. It's not, not fruity. It's not horrible, though. Anyway, moving past the wine, first thoughts about the book. I loved it. Yay! This is a five-star book for me. Really? Yes. It was four stars for me, yeah. but I did like it a lot. Yeah. Okay, what did you like? Like, over our okay. overarching ideas, what was your favorite stuff? I loved the concept itself of the Nowhere Girls, how it could be anyone and everyone. I loved how she introduced like so many different characters to like emphasize this point that it didn't really matter what their names were because it could be any girl at all. And I loved that, um, I loved the chapters that were us. Those Me too. were so good. Those were amazing chapters. I remember yeah. writing it down that like, I loved the us chapters. Yeah. They were so fun. They were were so cool. You got, like, tons of different viewpoints from tons and tons of different girls. Again, emphasizing that this could happen anywhere to anyone. What did you like about it? I... I don't know anything specific. It was just a good book. I had fun reading it. Yeah. Like, it's always good when I'm just having fun reading a book. And, like, sometimes that comes pretty easily when it's, like, an enjoyable YA contemporary. Yeah. This was rough because it was, like, about rape, which is a really hard topic. It was. That was, was like, hard, but, like, it was written well, and, like, it was just, like, I want to say an easy read, but, like, obviously the content was, like, you know, difficult. Sorry, I meant hard as in, like, it was hard to make it a fun book. Yeah. But she did it. It was a very fun read. But it was fun to read, and it was, like, it was a quick read for me, which is, like, a compliment. But it's... Sometimes, sometimes, it's a, sometimes it's a compliment, sometimes it's not. But this time it was a compliment that it was a really fast read for me. And I liked the characters. I liked getting to see different ones. Although a downside to that was that I often did not know who they were. Because you make a list every time of all the characters' names. Yeah. I don't because I'm lazy. And so they'd mention a girl's name and I'm like, oh god, which one is she? I did not do that with every single character this time. I did it with a lot of characters. I have like a full page and a half. At first, I was writing down, like, every name as it came, and then I was like, wait, we're not focusing on specific people yet, so then I started, like, trying to figure out who were the important people to write down. But yeah, I really liked it. I mean, like, one of the things in the beginning, like, very early in the beginning, that I was, like, I was cautious because I was like, okay, is this gonna be really good? It got really good reviews, so I was really hopeful, but at the very beginning, I was like, I'm a little bit worried it's gonna be very white feminism very like oh you know like very surface level kind of feminism which it wasn't but i thought it would be in the beginning because honestly of one line and it was the girl scouts thing do you did you i know exactly what line <laughs> because you're like about. that was like on page like four yeah and they were like grace was talking about girl scouts and she was like i think it's a motto of the girl scout or the boy scouts to be prepared or whatever but i didn't know that because i was in girl scouts and all we did was like knit and i'm like that's not even true (laughs) first of all that's the girl scouts motto as well as far as i know i was a girl scout kind of and also like we don't just knit yeah they do all the stuff the guys do yeah so then at that point i was like oh is it gonna be like that is it gonna be like you know super generic and like white feminism-y and like Girls can be strong, too. They don't have to knit. But it wasn't. So I was happy. It was actually good. It was really, really good. It was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, like, in the first pages, I was, like, I was reading it, and, like, I read that line, and I was kind of like, eh. But I was also reading the other ones, like, calling out, like, every single thing that, like, was happening, and I was like, this book has absolutely no chill, and I am here for it. (laughs) I am ready. Because you read, like, I don't know, you know, being a girl... You just, like, have all of these truths in your life that you just live through. And then you have a book that goes through to, like, the very basics and points out every single injustice that you serve in your life. And you're like, 
I forgot that was even an injustice until it was pointed out to me again. Mm-hmm. While I'm on the topic of, like, I thought it was going to be very white feminism-y, it kind of was, but the and the author did acknowledge that, like, at one point. And the, my only, like, complaint there was I wish she had expanded it more, because there was one part, like, very close to the end where we got, I think it was in the Us chapter, where we got the perspective of a black girl at the school. What's this face you're I also know exactly that part that you're talking because, about, too. Yeah, and she, the, the character whose perspective it's from talks about how, like, it's so much harder for black women. But that's, like, pretty much the only acknowledgement of it in the book. The rest of the book is pretty white, besides Rosina. Yeah. But there's not a lot of discussion of race and how it connects. So there wasn't this ton of intersectionality, because we did have characters who were gay, but it wasn't discussed a ton. Like, they didn't delve very deep into the yeah. intersectionality of feminism. But for what it was, which was kind of like a... Sort of like a feminism intro book. It was. For, like, yeah. young adults. It was very, very good. Mm-hmm. And they didn't dive super deep into those things, but they did mention them yeah. as, like, little gateways into it for, like, thinking about it. And I appreciated that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, yeah. like... I'm not saying it was bad because of that. I was like, yeah. I'm glad she acknowledged that at least. Mm-hmm. Like, that that was a very prominent part of the book. But yeah, it was definitely a really good book. When you said it was like, sort of like a gateway into feminism. And I was going to sing on that topic. This isn't like a critique. It's more of like, just a thought. I feel like I might have enjoyed this book more. Like, I really enjoyed it. But I feel like it would have gone like the extra mile for me if I was still in high school. And I was still naive or new to like these concepts you know like i feel like this book would be amazing for a high school girl who maybe isn't as knowledgeable about all the things in the book because it is like a like a gateway to like baby's first feminism you know it's like it it, it covers all the bases you know which isn't bad no it's not bad like i said it's not a critique yeah it's it's more of a i guess a critique of me waiting until i was 21 to read it but um so obviously we have like adult books that are about feminism. Yeah. And so yeah, not a critique. It's more like yeah. I'm glad it's written and I'm glad I hope that like teenage girls are reading it. I also really loved Aaron's character. Yes, I was about to ask you who your favorite character she was, was my because favorite Aaron character. was my favorite. Yes. Like, I loved Aaron so much. Like easily. <laughs> easily. Oh, my easily. Favorite. Easily yeah. my favorite. We can we'll yeah. We can talk about like the three main characters and like what we thought of yeah. them and like but like Aaron was by far my favorite. Let's she actually was... start with Grace though. Okay. I feel like I didn't hate Grace. I didn't hate any of the characters, really. Um, But I found Grace a little flat. flat Flatter as a character. I feel like like she didn't have as much personality as Aaron. Or even even Rosina. But I think Aaron had the most personality. Mm -hmm. Um, But Grace's was like... In the beginning, Grace was like the, you know, like the shy kid. The shy kid from the South. And then her personality kind of stayed that way. And I guess her personality, like... I guess her journey was, like, becoming less shy and becoming, like, like you know, like, the leader at the meetings and yeah. stuff, which was great. But her role in the story was kind of, like, the newcomer to move it along, you know? But I still liked her. I mean, what were your thoughts on Grace? Yeah, I mean, basically the same. Like, she was fine. I liked her character. Again, a little flat. I wish almost that we had had... We had Jesse Camp. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. And I feel like that was added to, like, make her more like a regular teenager, you know? Yeah. But I wish we had more of, like, her being passionate about things. Like, with Erin, I really, really loved that Erin, like, had the ocean and, like, she would, like, tell tons of facts when she was, like, feeling anxious and she would, like, wonder if I hadn't lived next to the ocean, would I have been a meteorologist? Like, I loved that about Erin. And then with Grace, it was just, like... Yeah, she, she goes to school, she has her family, and then she meets Jesse Camp, and she has a little cross for He's like, what if he is friends with rapists? <laughs> Every girl's dilemma. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she didn't have a lot of, like, hobbies, interests. Because yeah. Rosina also had hobbies and yeah. interests. She was like, she wanted to be in a band. Yeah. She was really passionate about that. I mean, Grace had her family thing, which also kind of, okay... Loved her mom, but, like, they, like, glossed over the fact that, like, her mom hit her head and then, like, woke up woke. Like, I mean, that was hilarious, <laughs> yeah. but, like, why was that, like, a thing? Why couldn't they have just said, like, she realized that her church was shitty, <laughs> but she, like, hit her head? <laughs> you don't know. They had this whole thing, like, she hit her head while she was, like, riding a horse or some shit. And then, it was, and then like... she woke up and she's like, oh, God, my church is, like, racist yeah. and sexist. I loved it. That was, but yeah, I mean, I liked her mom. I actually really loved the church scenes. Yeah. Um, they made me kind of emotional because, like, I'm not Christian, 
But like, I loved that, that those scenes were in the book and that they were like, actually good Christian message of like, loving everybody. Yeah. And I really liked them. And they kind of made me like emotional. I loved those parts. I feel like this is what like, boosted it up to a five stars for me. Mm -hmm. It's because I am a Christian. You know, like, I do not want to say that Christians are biased against. I do not want to say that at all. Christians have it so easy. We are like the most popular religion out there. So I'm not saying that at all. But a lot of times the propaganda about Christianity or people who are Christians spreading this propaganda is hate through God, which just does not make any fucking sense to me at all. Name the page to me where God says, <laughs> like, oh, love everybody except for that fucking guy. <laughs> he likes dicks. So hate him, but like love everybody else. No, he does not say that in the entire Bible. So I loved finally reading a piece of literature where I was like, yes, this is my exact brand of Christianity. <laughs> this is what the Bible actually says. And I love that it like used actual like scripture and that it was like, it that it said those people are fucking stupid. I just loved that. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is so good. And that made me like Grace as a character a little bit more because mm -hmm. she was that way too. Not as much as her mom, but like she was supportive of her mom. She was a Christian. Um, so I guess me relating to her character made me like her a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was just like heroin. So yeah. I, I feel those like scenes I were just so great. They, yeah. were, they were like heroin. They were just like absolute... Just, I don't know, just so yeah. nice to read, you know? It was really nice to read. It was very nice to read. Why the fuck is it so hard to find a church? Oh my god. The bar is on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I loved, I guess this is like kind of off top. You know, I'll come back to that later, never mind. I was gonna go into like the whole like culture of their town and how like the church is so, the other church, yeah. like the bad church, quote-unquote, whatever, um, was so, like, had such an overarching, like, not overarching, you know, had such, like, a reach mm -hmm. over the school and the police department and everybody, and, like, went, that it was so frustrating during those scenes where it's like, well, we can't go to the police because they're friends with this guy, and we can't go to the, the you know, the coach is friends with this guy, and this, di this guy's dad is friends with this guy, and they all go to the same church, and, like, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. But in, like, a small town, yeah, that's yeah. how it's going to be. But oh, yeah. I also was very frustrated. What I, like, was just thinking, though, is with Grace, now that I'm thinking about it, her mom, so she got, like, hit in the head, right? And then became a cool Christian. Yeah. Why does Grace have the value she has? That's a good point. Because Grace was, like, older. Yeah. When, I guess it was just, I mean, you know, that happens, I mean, you know that happens, is, like, yeah. kids, even if they grow up in churches like that with parents who believe that, <laughs> they... Just to be clear, I am that child. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to say it, but you know it can, it, you, you know it can happen. It can happen. It sure can. <laughs> it can happen. Um, and, like, they said before, though, like, they, she mentioned about how, like, at their old church, her mom was a speaker at the church even before she hit her head. Right? Yeah. And she, so she, and she sometimes said things that were a little bit, like, made the church a little bit e. Or was that after the hit on the head? So I think when they were talking about reasons why she wasn't liked by the church before, it was more because she's a woman oh. and not so much because of what she was saying. Ah, I see. It was saying, like, she delivers the fluff pieces, like, God loves everybody, and then that, that's why she was allowed to stay at the church, and then she hit her head, and then suddenly it was, God loves everybody, and that means gay people. <laughs> and then she wasn't allowed anymore. Yeah. Also, women are just as good as men, and then they were like, oh, sorry, you gotta go. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like, I guess that, like, she was already a little bit more lovey before that, and, you know, Grace, yeah. I guess, was just one of those kids who, like, Against wasn't all the same odds. as her parents. <laughs> Against all odds. Also, the dad went along with it so easily. Okay. The dad the was dad weird. was, I mean, the dad was just... Sorry, I was thinking of um, Rosina's dad. Oh, no. I mean... But the dad... Grace's, Grace's dad? Grace's dad was Whipped. also weird. <laughs> Whipped? <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I wonder what he his wasn't thought... even his own character. He was like a parasite on her. <laughs> in the best possible way. He was. I wonder what like his journey was like. Was he like secretly like that like woke or whatever all along, and then like his wife like hit her head, and then he was like, "Oh great, I can go on." So what do you think he just like went along with it because it's her? 
and like he loves her a lot. That's a really good question. I, I never thought about that either. Because he's like also so gung ho about. It. He's like, we're gonna write your book. Yeah, he was like, we're gonna make you famous. Her, the dad was honestly it's kind of weird. He was. I didn't understand her drive to become famous. It seemed like the dad's drive. He was like an advertiser. Yeah, he was like a marketing dude. He was like marketing her. Which just seems weird. It does. They really glossed over that. They did. They kind of glossed over that whole... I mean, like, they went a little bit into... Because, like, Grace's other conflict was that she didn't feel, like, noticed by her mom enough. And they had, like, a little bit of that. You know what I had wished, though? She had, like, that, like, mom and daughter date, like, partway through the book when she was already involved with the Nowhere Girls. And her mom asked about the Nowhere Girls. And I was... And Grace didn't, like, tell her. And I was like, oh, no, tell her. I really wanted her to tell her mom. And her mom would have been, like, really supportive. And then her mom would have, like, backed her up. You know? I was disappointed The principal was like, oh, God, the principal. (laughs) I wanted to, like, murder that principal. If I had a death note, (laughs) that's the sort of person I would use it on. Also the coach. I hated the coach more. The coach was horrible, but it was, like, expected of him because he was a man in a book about rape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like... Well, the principal also fulfilled her role. She did. I'm not saying she was bad as, like, a character. I'm saying, like, as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, you hate to see it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, yeah. She, she... Her role was, like, the woman who is not feminist. Yeah. The anti-feminist lady. Saying, like, Who's stay like, in your place. Yeah. That's like, the only way we young. can get ahead yeah. is if we stay in our place. God, I wanted to kill her. Kills me with Also, rage. like, you know, it was weird because, like, I felt like were they trying to make her a little bit sympathetic in the beginning of, like, you know, she has just been beaten down because she's older, you know, and she's been constantly beaten down by the super sexist society. Yeah. And that's why she acts like this. But then she, like, threatened to deport Rosina's grandmother. And I was like, okay, sympathetic character off the table. That's, like, fucked up. Yeah. I was never ascribing to that whole sympathetic thing. You know, like... Well, I mean, like, I'm not saying I was ascribing to it, but that's, like, yeah, I felt like that's the way the yeah. character was going, you know? But it was just, like, a losing battle in the first place for me, because, like, anti-feminism and, like, other women is just so, like... It is. I... But, like, I feel like it's oh. flipped a switch from, like, semi... Well, I mean, you know... I was going to say semi-realistic character about who's just, like, a... But it is realistic. And then it was, like... And then it, like, she just became, like, evil when she threatened to deport. I'm like, you know what? I don't even know if that's not realistic. I feel like I it feel is. I feel like it is realistic. She's just racist She's and just sexist. She's so racist. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so. You talked about... We're talking about the girls. We talked about Grace. Rosina. I thought Rosina was going to be my favorite because she was queer. Like, going into it before I'd read anything, I was like, ah, Yes. The gay one. She'll be my favorite. And she wasn't. In fact, I was a little bit disappointed by the her gay storyline. Yeah. I wanted more. Yeah. I liked her, I want to say a tiny bit less than I liked Grace, because I have never liked people that put on a facade of being, like, really courageous and, like, angry, but then when it comes down to it, they can't do the hard things. But that's just, like, my personal preference. Not as in, like, she's she was a bad character. She was a realistic character. I liked her as a character. But, like, as a person, I didn't... Like, as someone also who has had emotionally abusive parents, I just didn't dig... I wasn't grooving with that vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I liked her probably as much as I liked Grace. Yeah. In which I liked both of them, but felt more indifferent about them compared to Aaron. Who I fucking love. Who I loved so much. God, I can't wait to talk about Aaron. Oh, oh my every god. Every time I, I read Aaron. an Aaron chapter, I was just like, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, we're not talking about Aaron, we're talking about Rosina. <laughs> One of the things that, like, I remember flip flopping about when it comes to Rosina was her and Aaron. Because it, kept, it felt like it flip flopped every other chapter. She was, like, mean to Aaron, and then she was, like, nice to Aaron, and then she was, like, insensitive to Aaron, and then they had this whole, like, relationship where like was she insensitive to Aaron or was she not and then I was like always like on the fence about that yeah. and sometimes I was really upset with her for how she like treated Aaron and then sometimes she seemed to be your friend and I was like what is going on when I was reading it I was trying to like think about it through like Aaron's point of view of like why she liked Rosina <laughs> I was trying to remember if it was Rosita or Rosina <laughs> um and what I was thinking about is that like a lot of times 
I feel like with what the book showed us, a lot of times when she talked to people, they viewed her as like a nuisance and like, um, but it was because of her autism that they viewed her as a nuisance. Whereas when she talked to Rosina, it wasn't because of your autism, you were a nuisance. It's you said something fucking stupid. You know what I mean? So even though she said things that were not okay and that were insensitive and bad, she was being treated more like a normal high school person Mm -hmm. rather than like a girl with autism. No, yeah, I agree, which yeah. is why I kind of, like, flip-flopped a lot. Because I was just... Same. It was most of the time I was like, they have a normal relationship. And then, like, occasionally Rosina would, like, say one thing. And I'm like, not cool. Maybe it was just, like, I don't know, realistic relationship. Yeah, Rosina had a very, like, blunt personality. But I was disappointed by the gay storyline. You know, I wanted more. But, I mean, to be fair, none of the other, like, romance side plots got much more. Like, Jesse and Grace got, like, nothing, and Aaron and Otis got, like, maybe a little bit more, but, like, not much, so. I was really happy that Grace and Jesse didn't turn into a big thing. Really? When, yeah, when, like, she first met him, I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> um, and then I was super happy when I kind of went to the sidelines. I was like, oh, thank God he's friends with Rebus. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Because I kind of liked him. I do like Jesse, but, like, I didn't want it to become she was in a relationship with somebody who believed in her and therefore she was able to do this thing. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't want it to be because this boy was empowering her, she was able to go ahead with the Nowhere Girls. That's what ah. I was worried about. Okay. Yeah, I get that. So then I was happy when he... I mean... <laughs> happy when he was friends with racists? <laughs> what about her family? Plot. Side plot. I thought I was going to like it at first because I thought, like, obviously, I mean, not obviously because nobody can see me, but I'm not Mexican. (laughs) Um, But I thought, like, it would be, like, important representation. Um, But I was disappointed with the lack of growth, like, family-wise. Like, at the end, you kind of got this, like, oh, her mom really loved her the entire time. I don't know. It was, like, when everything else went to shit. That was when her mother said, like, I love you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a growth of respect between them. The family subplot, it just... Honestly, in a book that had so many depressing topics, that made me the most depressed. Yeah. I don't know why, like, it got to me more than, like, all of the rape stuff. Maybe... I don't know why. It's not like... It's not because I have some, like, connection to it. It's... I just don't know why. It just made me sad a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it made me sad, too, and that's why I wanted that growth. Yeah, yeah. But then instead, it was just sad all the way through, and it, like... Yeah. I wish that... This kind of connects to, like, everything. I wanted... I feel like the book ended abruptly. I wanted, like, an epilogue. I feel like the book ended really quickly and we didn't get like, okay, what happened with like these other little side plots, you know? I wanted that wrapped up. I was like the last thing I wrote on my notes was, no, I wanted an epilogue. We needed like what happened to this character and what happened to this character and you know, what happened with Grace and Jesse and what happened with Grace's mom. Did she, you know, become famous? What happened with Rosina and her parents? What happened with Rosina and her girlfriend? What happened with Otis and Aaron? What happened with Aaron and Aaron's mom, because I feel like that was not resolved. We'll come to that when we get to Aaron. Yeah. But that was not resolved, I feel like. I kind of liked that it ended abruptly. Really? Because it kind of added to the whole, like, this could be happening anywhere to anyone at any time. Good point. But I wanted my prep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You agree, but it's not what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure I have anything else to say about Rosina. What about her relationship? I mean, I think I just wanted more. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I wasn't, like, that invested in it, you know? For some reason, it didn't, like, it it didn't, like, really draw me in. I don't know why. Which is weird, because normally in books, like, I'm gonna gravitate immediately to whatever the gay relationship is Mm -hmm. and only care about that one. But I don't know why in this one I just, I didn't care about it as much. I don't know if it wasn't developed as much or was it because, like, I didn't, Rosina was my favorite character or what, but... I, I agree with you. I I wasn't super drawn to it either. I also was really disappointed that the whole thing between Aaron and Rosina and Melissa never got resolved. Like, Aaron was so clearly super jealous, and Rosina just, like, 
yelled at her about it, and then they never went back into it again. She was jealous? Yeah. Did I, did I not pick, pick she, up? She would say, like, little comments, like, go back to your girlfriend. Oh, that. Like, yeah. Not, like, je- not jealous of, like, a relationship with her, jealous of her time. Okay, yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about when, like... Aaron was making the comments when, like, they were flirting during meetings, and Aaron was like, you're looking at her different. Or, like, making the comments that were Rosina no. was like, stop. I think that was just her being... Yeah, she was just commenting on it. But yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah jealous, yeah. For a second I was like, wait, did Aaron, like... Are no. you implying that Aaron liked I, Rosina? I don't think that if she did, I wouldn't ship it. This is one of those very few gay ships where I would not ship it. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> it would not I thought be that's good what together you were, at all. I thought that was, that was what you were implying, no, but sorry. no. sorry. I meant jealous of her time. Yeah. Because they had that huge falling out, and then it just, like, never came to anything. Mm-hmm. Grace was just like, I don't like you guys fighting. And then they went and they talked to the girl who got raped, and it was just forgotten. Yeah. That's part of why, the, like, I was like, it ended really abruptly. I yeah. feel like the last little bit, went really fast. It was like, yeah. they found out about Cheyenne. They went to find Cheyenne. They talked to Cheyenne. It, Cheyenne talked to the police. It ended. Yeah. More or less, you know? Like, a couple of plot threads just weren't wrapped up, and that's what I was... I was also disappointed in Rosina during that scene. What did she do during that scene? She kept saying, like, um... I mean, she said important things, but she just kept saying them, and she, I don't know, in a book about feminism, I was kind of upset that she kept saying, like... Maybe we're forcing her to talk, even though she kept saying, like, yes, I want to talk about it. She kept saying, like, maybe we're making this worse for her. And she kept saying, like, I understand. We're going to go talk to the police. It's not going to be easy. It felt very, like, diminutive. Did I say that right? Diminutive? Diminutive. To me. Because, you know, like, Cheyenne is still a person. And it was frustrating to me that Rosina was talking to her like she didn't know that her actions would have repercussions just because, like... To Rosina, she was acting like she's just a girl who got raped. Uh. And not a girl, you know? Uh-huh. So it was frustrating to me that she kept saying, we're forcing her into this, we're forcing her into this, she doesn't know what she's doing. I'm like, yes, she went through something horrible, but she's still a person that can make her own decisions and she can think through her own things. Like, you did your due diligence of, like, asking if it's okay and, like, saying you don't want- you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. And Rosina kept saying, like, we're forcing her into this, we're forcing her into this, until literally Shane walked in and she was like, you're not forcing me to do anything, can you stop? <laughs> I don't remember that super well. Yeah. Um, like, I do remember it, but I'm wondering if, like, from, like, an, you know, in-character, like, perspective, if- I mean, if, like, that was just meant to be sort of, like- you know, because every character in this book kind of played a role, you know, like, like the principal. I wonder if that was like meant to be like, you know, th- that was the whole scene of like, how do you talk to someone who's been raped and you want to help them? Yeah. And how do you skate that line? And I wonder if like, it was frustrating for us reading it, if that was supposed to be like, you know, like if it was supposed to be intentionally, yeah. like Rosina was like, quote unquote, doing it wrong because like... She doesn't know how to do it. I don't know. I mean, Am she, I making sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But, like, she raised a legitimate point, like, the first time. Like, they were in the car. She was like, what if we're forcing her into this? And I was like, that's legitimate. And then she said it again. And uh, I was she like, said it too much. Okay. And then she said it, like, to Cheyenne. And I was like, can you stop? Can you stop? So it, I think it was frustrating to me mostly because it would have made more sense to me if Aaron was saying that. Because Aaron was raped. But it didn't make sense to me that Rosina was saying that and super worried about it because she hadn't had that experience. I thought it was, like, more realistic that Rosina was the one that was so worried where Aaron wasn't because because of the fact that Aaron was raped and Rosina wasn't. Yeah. Because Aaron maybe understood that Cheyenne would be okay talking about it or Aaron felt like, you know, that she could, like, I don't know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? That, like, Rosina was more nervous because she's like, oh, my God, I've never talked to someone who's been raped. And, like, how do I do this? How do I, I gotta make sure that they're they're okay. Otherwise, I'm being a terrible person. Whereas, like, Erin maybe understood more because she had also been raped. That whole scene would have made more sense to me if they had figured out that Erin had been raped before they had talked to Cheyenne. Because then that would have made sense to me. Like, Rosina wouldn't want to force Erin to talk. About oh, anything. so she wouldn't want to force. Cheyenne so she to talk. wouldn't want to force Cheyenne to talk. That would have made more sense to me than they go there. She's like super worried about it, and then they're like driving to the place, and then she finds out that Aaron was raped. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm getting get kind it. of nitpicky at this time. Yeah. No, it, at this point, I get but, it. Yeah. I mean, okay. when a book is really good, 
we're gonna get, I guess, nitpicky. Yeah. Because it's just, I guess, the nature of discussions where you want to, like, rant about little things for some reason. <laughs> but we liked the book. A it was lot. very, very good. A lot. Okay, should we move on to Erin? Because... Yes. We just want to talk about Erin. I loved her so much. I loved her so much. I feel like this was the first book I've read, which I guess says something about me, or says something about books in general, that had a prominent character who had autism, and it wasn't, like really cringy. I don't think I've read any books where it was like horribly offensive, which I probably just haven't read any books that had like a major character who had autism. And I think it was great. It was, it was awesome. like, it was amazing. You know? Granted, neither of us have autism. That is true. So we are not on Voices Reviewers for that part of the book. And if it's offensive, let us know why. Please. But it was, I just loved Erin as a character. But you know, a lot of it came from the fact that she was autistic. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that she has a different perspective to tell, you know, from the other characters. And it made for a lot of really fun chapters. And she was just fun. She was just so lovable. Like she was, was, I just really, really liked her. And like, I don't have autism, but I really connected with her. So did I. Regardless of When I was reading that, I was thinking about like things that I've experienced that have lined up with her own experiences. Me too, yeah. Which is just like, it was so good. (laughs) Yeah, you know, more people should, I mean, we all know it, more people should write books from the perspectives of people that books normally aren't written from. Because everybody has, I mean, not everybody has autism. (laughs) Everyone has different, unique, like, things. I get nonverbal sometimes. And so, like, obviously... Again, I'm not autistic. Not that I'm, like, defensive about being autistic, but, like, I'm saying reading a book with a character that would get nonverbal at times, like, just, like, that little thing for me was really cool being able to relate to it, so I can't even imagine, like, being autistic and, like, reading a book that has an autistic character in it and being able to, like, reflect off of that so well. hmm I hope. <laughs> I hope it was- I hope it was good. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was good, too. Um, but I hope it was also good for people- yeah. Who actually were autistic. Anyway, I loved Erin. She was also just so funny. Yeah. Like, she was, she was great. She was really great. Yeah. Um, I got, well, like, a touch annoyed at Grace and Rosina. Because, like, every time she made a joke, they'd be like, now is not the time for joking. And I'd be like, can you just, like, appreciate her joke? Because her jokes are great. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they didn't appreciate Erin enough. They didn't. Um, I also loved her relationship with Otis. So did I. Otis was a good dude. He was. Possibly the only good dude in the book. I'm trying to think about other good dudes. Um, Jesse I mean, like, was the dad. almost there. Jesse was, no, no, Jesse was a good dude, you know? Yeah. Like, he he broke it off with his friends. Yeah. His rapist friends. Um, I guess he did quit the team, too. And he quit the team. Oh, speaking of, like, good dudes in the book, I have to find, like, one of my favorite, okay, not my favorite, but, like, a part where I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Other than Jesse, perhaps, or Otis, perhaps the best guy in the book is um, when uh, Coach Baxter storms into uh, the classroom one of the days and he's like, I'm sick of this. The marching band and the cheerleaders are boycotting the games. And then, hero of the book, (laughs) they should have done it a long time ago, says the boy who played trumpet in the marching band. I mean. Yeah, I love that part too. Great dude. (laughs) Yeah. And then... The coach is like, get out of my classroom. He's, He's like, like, gladly. gladly. <laughs> yes. Good good trumpet yeah. dude there. We both played trumpet. We did. Cool dude. We're biased. But he was, anyway. But he was also. I feel yeah. like that, you know, I'm just focusing on some random dude in a page <laughs> instead of like. Anyway, Otis I, was really cool. Yeah, he was awesome. I loved his relationship with Aaron. Mm-hmm. And like how it was really funny, first of all, reading it from Aaron's perspective. She's like, this doesn't make any sense. That makes me mad. And then she'd leave. I was like, that's a whole ass mood. <laughs> um, but I loved how Otis would, like, not get mad about her being mad. Mm-hmm. And would just say, like, there's this one very, very specific, but very good thing that he said, where she's, like, getting frustrated at him because she likes him. And he, like, told her that he likes her. And he said, do you want me to leave? And she said... No, not right now, but if I ask you to leave, it's not because I don't like you, because I do. And he said, okay. And then she said, now you can leave. (laughs) And I just, like, loved that part so much. Because it's just, like, the epitome of a good, healthy relationship is understanding when you need to, like, take a step back from each other and, like... Yeah. 
that doesn't mean that you don't still love that other person or still like that other person. It's just because you need to have a second. And I thought it was really cool that Otis and Aaron, like, I felt like Otis already, like, understood her and how she thought, which was, like, stark contrast to her mother, who she's known her entire life, who was, like, an internet autism mom. Oh, God, I hated her mom so much! And you know that that has to be the, like, situation for a lot of autistic people. Oh, my God, I know it's so realistic. The whole, like, bloggers. Yeah. That, like... Ugh. I know it makes me so upset because I know it's realistic. Yeah, because I follow... Okay, this is like... I know because I follow a blog. But I follow a blog of an actually autistic person and I know that there's a hashtag actually autistic for people who are actually autistic and not their parents putting the hashtag autism. God, I hate her what? so like... much. <laughs> like, ugh. And that's on Tumblr. Who is blogging about their autistic child on Tumblr? I, yeah, I, her mom, God, her mom was so frustrating. And it's just like, please, just like. To be fair, she was trying really, really hard. Yeah, but she was just like trying in the wrong ways. Yeah. You know? Especially like, when Erin had her list of things. It was like very beginning of the book, but she was like, oh, I have this like list of things that I'm going to do. And her mom, instead of being like, oh, I'm glad you're getting all this stuff done. Like, that's so great. She was like. Do you really need a list or like something like that? I know her mom. Like I, I'm sorry, I don't really feel sympathetic for her mom at all. Or, or like, like, yeah. oh, she was trying. Like, you know, for someone who proclaims to be like an expert in like the blogging world or whatever, she was not even close. You know, Aaron's like, I just want. I would like to eat something crunchy, please. Her mom's like, No, you eat this like disgusting slop, whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't actually know if like a diet, quote unquote, helps. Autism, yeah. not that it needs to be, like, helped. I feel like just letting Erin eat what makes her comfortable would have been better. But I don't know. I'm I'm not a mommy blogger. <laughs> Apparently she knows better. Yeah. That was just so frustrating and just... Ugh. She was trying, but not, like, through the lens of someone looking at another person. She was trying through the lens of trying to, like make her as normal yeah make her quote-unquote normal normal as possible yeah Yeah. another like little thing that i absolutely loved the inclusion of spot her dog Dog, yeah yeah i loved that so much because like i work in the veterinary field we're just dropping so many like we are you're information about our lives (laughs) pinpoint of my location (laughs) here's my social security number (laughs) send us an email if you want the last four digits um yeah, I work in the veterinary field, and I I really liked seeing a service animal in a normal setting doing its job of checking in on Erin, making sure that she wasn't harming herself, because it was, like, another really educational aspect of it. Like, I already know about that, because I work in the veterinary field. I think service dogs are like the coolest thing in the entire fucking world. So I've done my tons of my own research on service dogs long before this, but I just loved like the little detail of like when, how they would talk about like her hitting herself, trying to like process things and spot like putting himself between her and her fists so that she can't hit herself and like putting himself between her and the wall so she can't like harm her head and laying on her so that she could have the pressure and weight of something. I was just like, mmm, that's the good stuff. People don't know what service dogs are anymore. I also love that his name was Spot because Data's cat in Star Trek was yeah. named Spot. Yeah. I also like that she liked Star Trek. Yeah. She like, just had so many little interesting things about her. Yeah, it, that's, I mean, like, that's partially, it wasn't just that, like, she had a unique perspective because she was autistic. She just had more personality than Grace and Rosina did. She and did anytime was- I can get those sweet ocean facts, I'm, like, down. <laughs> Yeah. And she had whole pages And I wanted the Star Trek, Star Trek stuff. I was all for that. Yeah. And I loved her, like, auto-generating, like, a number to, like, pick what episode of Star Trek she was gonna watch so she could practice being ready for, like, um, surprises. Also, I love that the author clearly, like, either watched Star Trek or did a little bit of research and that she mentioned the episode in Star Trek about the society of agender people where, um, the one character is, like, shunned for identifying as a girl in an agender society. And, like, I don't know why, like, that just... It was cool that, like, they mentioned yeah. a very specific, really interesting episode of The Next Generation. 
So. And it was cool that Aaron was androgynous. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a common thing for autistic people or not. I do not. I am not an expert on autism. I don't know if autistic people tend to be on androgynous or what the link to gender and autism is at all. I'm not sure. I don't. I think it was Aaron just liked was comfortable like that. Yeah, she, she was, said something about like her hair. I think she was comfortable with her hair short and she was comfortable wearing those clothes. Yeah, she said like that it was too much touching her. Yeah. When she had her hair long. I was going to say, I wrote like in my notes um, when they were talking about um, what Aaron wears, I was like, oh yeah, Aaron, I get your fashion sense. <laughs> Whereas like jeans, yeah. t-shirt, flannel. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But yeah, I also liked that she was androgynous and, you know, that she wasn't, you know, she wasn't gay, even though she was androgynous. And there was like a whole thing there where it's like, oh, I want to go into that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whether it's like good or bad, just to like subvert expectations like that. But either way, you know, Erin was really cool. Yeah, she was awesome. And I liked her a lot. And her and Otis. Otis was also really cool. Otis was like a good egg. It's because he had two moms. True. <laughs> True. Big mood. I love that scene, though, where he was, like, trying to talk to Aaron, like, I think nowhere girls are really cool. My mom's taught me that I have to respect women. (laughs) And also him, like, getting beat the shit out of by the rapist, and then, like, immediately going to Aaron and being like, I found rapists. (laughs) He was a good dude. He was. Yeah. Okay. Other things. The scene where Aaron is talking to Principal Slatterly and pretending to be stupid. So iconic. It was it was like heroin. I feel like I could reread that scene like 50 million times. And Slatterly was just like eating it out of her hand. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Here, I want to try and find a quote of it. It's, it's like, so wasn't the same as like, was it the same... I'm trying hard to remember now. Was it the same scene where Aaron was like, wow, lying is fun? Or was it a different scene where Aaron was lying and she was like, this is fun? Or were those the same scene? Um, okay, so I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here because Slatterly says a lot of shit. But she says, we feel to protect you. That's our job. That's on us. It's reprehensible for someone to take advantage of you like that, to make you do their dirty work, to make you steal for them. But you can make this right. Yada, 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 tattletale. And then she says, wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you just love to be a hero? Aaron says, like Superman, would I get to wear a cape? I would really like to wear a cape. And then Slatterly says, sure, honey, you can wear a cape. A red cape, Aaron says, a shiny one. She never knew lying could be so fun. She never knew she'd be so good at it. How is it possible she's so in control right now? Whatever you want, dear, you are the hero. And then the last the last line, Erin is like talking about fish and um, she says, so, oh, Erin says, what would you like to talk about now? Would you like to talk about fish? I can tell you all about hagfish. And then Slatterly says, no, I would not like to talk about fish. Erin can almost hear the word retard at the end of Slatterly's sentence. She can feel her want to say it. You can go now, Erin. So Erin goes back to her desk in the back office where she could do so much damage if she wanted to. <laughs> Just the whole thing is so good. Mm-hmm. Every, honestly, every scene with Aaron was really good. I also loved the scenes where, like, Grace meets Aaron for the first time yeah. when she's in the office. And, um, yeah, Aaron is there, like, working at the computer. And then the other lady comes in. It's just, I don't know. Aaron and Grace just, is like, why are you being so mean to this person? Mm-hmm. And Aaron's being also really funny in that scene. Yeah. And, like, no one is appreciate Anyway. All the scenes with Aaron are just, like, really good. Another thing about Aaron mm-hmm. that I remembered was that it, I think, that the book, like, does, I think, a decent job, as far as I can tell from my perspective, of subverting the whole, like, android trope of, mm-hmm. like, people with autism have no feelings like androids. Yeah. And, like, at first I was, like, because, like, on the back of the book, they're, like, a girl who suspects she might be an android and, like, she really identifies with data. But then they also, like, um, Erin talks a lot about how she has tons of feelings. And um, if I'm remembering correctly, it's, like, she wants to be like data and not have to deal with feelings. But yeah. she has so many feelings and stuff. And I liked that because instead of being like, oh, I have no feelings because I am an android just like data, which would have been really, like, yikes. It, it wasn't that, which was, I think, nice. Yeah. Because it, it could have so easily been, you know, I have this no feelings. This could have really easily been just a horrible book. Yeah. But yeah. they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of this time in when I went to church more frequently than I do. 
Um, and I used to help take care of the kids there, and one of them was autistic. And there was this time when she saw a caterpillar and she was like, it's so fuzzy, it's so cute, I love it. And she started crying and I was like, damn, I wish I felt feelings that strong. I feel like one of the things like about the book that you know, I thought I was gonna dislike, and I guess I did in like specific ways, is that, but I, but I don't think it was terrible, was that it was pretty stereotypical. A lot of the characters fell into their like, their roles, like we've talked about before. They each had a role in the story and they fulfilled it. And a lot of them were very stereotypical, like the quote unquote slutty girl, you know, who doesn't fit in with the other girls and like blah, blah, blah. And you know, the church girl or like, and you know, the rebellious girl or whatever. And where was I? I don't even know where I was going with this actually. I'm trying to remember where I was going with it. Um, it was very stereotypical and I remember writing that down a lot. It wasn't just in the characters, it was with like, with a lot of things. And as I got through the book, I'm like, yeah, it's stereotypical, but like some stereotypes are there for a reason. And like the stereotypes surrounding the like content of the book with like the rapists and like the girls and how they react to that and like the quote unquote slut was stereotypical, but also just like true. Yeah. You know? just how things are in this bitch of a world. One thing I'm not really sure about was Rosina's family. They were very stereotypical. And I don't know if the author was Latina or not. I, I don't really have any way to tell. I think that is yet another reason why I was disappointed by the family storyline, that they didn't come to any sort of like conclusion with that. Is because mm-hmm. it also felt stereotypical to it, me. It was, yeah, it was really stereotypical. It was like, I was... A little bit like, so Rosina's, you know, family thing is that she has tons and tons of relatives and she always has to look after them and she works at her family's, you know, Mexican restaurant. And I don't know, there was just- She doesn't make minimum wage and she has an undocumented grandmother. Yeah, there was just like a lot there where I was like- There's a lot to unpack here, but let's throw away the whole seat to case. Yeah, (laughs) there was just a lot. So, but yeah. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes the book being very stereotypical worked and sometimes it, like, yeah. didn't. Yeah, I think much. it kind of served its purpose as, like, a book where people were supposed to see themselves in some of the characters so that mm-hmm. they could understand it more. Yeah. Not to say that that's what's going on with Rosina. In terms of, like, the schoolgirls. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what was going on at the school. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like anyone at a high school could probably... Be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing, I like, I looked at a couple of reviews and I remember seeing that like one of the really bad reviews was like, I hated this because the rapists were so stereotypically bad. What, like, what is a rapist supposed to be? I mean, I'm like, yeah, those like, um, the real men of Prescott High excerpts were yeah. like, oh, yeah. disgusting. But you know, I don't know if they were that unrealistic, to be honest. No, I thought it was uncomfortably realistic. Like, those are things I could imagine hearing out of a man's mouth, like, any random day of the week, walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Which was why it was so upsetting to read it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, for a book that was trying to talk about rape culture at schools and sex among, you know, sex with, like, teenagers at schools and positivity and, like, all the negatives that come with and all the intricacies about sex and high schoolers. I think it did a really good job. Yeah. It did a good job of starting simple and then getting more complex. Yeah, it, went. it did. Because, um, like, it brought up, I think I wrote down a lot of different things. Like, you know, gr- the, it, it touched on girls, like, some of them don't want to speak out against their rape, you know, and you shouldn't force them. And it talked about how, you know, the girls got together and they argued a lot and you know they slut shamed the other girls and you know they talked about all the like different standards and stuff and they talked mm-hmm. about and Rosina talked about you know how it's you know bad even for gay girls even though like because they she, one of the other girls was like well it doesn't matter because like you're not even into guys and she was like well I still get pretty disgusting attention from guys. But also sexism isn't just about like it's not I mean obviously rape is horrible. But sexism isn't just about raping, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's not just gay girls getting disgusting looks. It's also we get paid less money 
and we're like sometimes it's assumed that we're dumber than the other sex and I mean I could go on with like 30 million other things but like yeah yeah. and like they talked about um they talked about like you know it's not just I have like the con like um they also talked about like the complexities of like rape and how it's not always the stereotypical like guy forces himself on this girl who's like screaming no you know they talked about how sometimes it's your boyfriend and sometimes you don't say no but you're just quiet they talked about that a lot and they talked about how yeah like sometimes you're just quiet or sometimes you're like oh well i'll just go along with it because he wants to and you know it's not always like the big bad like they did you know have the stereotypical like that disgusting guy i don't even remember his name i don't even care what his name was doesn't matter whatever guy was running the real men of prescott high blog yeah but like it wasn't just him it was also like you know boyfriends yeah who were like yeah there it was it was like you know as much as it was stereotypical and or it was like you know basic for like basic feminism it was also like decently in depth it did a good job it did a good job yeah i was impressed because I feel like it, a book like that could have easily been not just a garbage nuanced, nuanced. Yeah. Okay, I have a few of my favorite quotes because okay. this book was full of super good quotes, super super good quotes. Um, because they are not screaming, people assume they do not suffer. That one was <laughs> fucking that hard. That was a good one. Yeah. Sometimes the only thing worse than death is surviving. Just because she's not helpless doesn't mean she doesn't need help. That one was also super good. I'm just going to say that about every line. Mm-hmm. Someone whispers, what is she doing here? And everyone assumes the she means herself. That was good, yeah. Yeah. I liked the scenes with all of them together because they were like, I felt like they were pretty realistic about a giant, if like a whole bunch of girls from the school had gone together. Yeah. Who like didn't know each other very well. Yeah. I, what were your thoughts on Amber? Amber was the... The quote unquote slut. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Those were my only thoughts on Amber, I guess. I was yeah. like, I was, her scenes make me, yeah. it made me sad. And then I was really happy that Grace invited her to the Nowhere Girls meeting. And then I was really sad that the girls were rude to her. And then, honestly, I hated the scenes with her and Otis, though. Especially that last one. It was really upsetting. I agree. But also, like, I hated how things with Amber turned out. I hated that she wasn't accepted into the group. Um, Mm -hmm. I hated that she didn't, like... that. I hate that she got raped and then she told herself it didn't matter because she's a slut anyway. And I hate that that was so ingrained in her. And all of that was just horrible and horribly depressing. But the thing with Otis literally just felt like a way to get her to do the thing that she needed to do, which Mm -hmm. was tell on them. Yeah, I feel like the other stuff that happened was more realistic maybe not realistic but just nuanced and i kind of hoped it would go more in the direction of she and otis become friends and she's friends with a guy and then she you know she slowly gets you know accepted into the group of girls and she becomes friends with them instead of she gets mad at otis for not wanting to sleep with her and then tells on them did anything ever come of that like did we get any like nice resolution at the end where like she did get accepted because i don't i didn't think so no see more epilogue would have been nice <laughs> close up think, those loose ends i don't think the epilogue would have made you very happy about i know amber. <laughs> i wanted happiness for amber poor yeah. amber i didn't really write down any quotes but i did have some things like coach baxter die challenge that i wrote down <laughs> Which I don't even need to elaborate on, really. Yeah. Um, oh, there was a part, like, just a random part, where the principal, like, called in, like, like three different girls. And I was like, I really wanted them to, like, all storm the principal's office, you know? Yeah. Instead of letting the girls go alone, I wanted them to be like, well, we'll all go. And then they can't single out a couple of us. But that didn't happen. Yeah. I also love the idea that Slatterly found out that all of the girls were in the Nowhere Girls. And then what the fuck are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Like... Kick out all of the girls out of your school? Come on. I also love just, like, in general, their manifesto where they're like, we're not going to have sex with you until you're nice to us. Yeah. And I just, like, it was, it was great. And yeah. it was... And I liked that some... A lot of the boyfriends were supportive. Mm-hmm. During the Us chapters, when they showed, like, individual girls, other girls from the school with their boyfriends, where the boyfriends were like, I guess, I understand. And there was also this really cool part where... A girl chooses to have sex anyway, and he's like, are you sure, like, aren't you doing a no-sex thing because of the Nowhere Girls? And she's like, yes, I'm sure. And then it says, 
sometimes saying yes is just as important as saying no. That was good, too. I was like, damn, you right. Also, like, they touched on it a little bit in this book. But, like, past it, passive and active Christianity, also, like, a big thing for me. You know, like, the whole staying, silence is violence, like, also applies to Christianity. So, so it's the scene where Trista, who's one of the girls who got, um, I can't think of the word, not kicked out, but, like, suspended. Oh, Trista yeah. is one of the girls who got suspended from school, and she is sitting with the, one of the pastors. <laughs> In their house, um, Trista is let out of her room to sit with him, as in the pastor, in the living room to talk about honoring her parents and the church. As he drones on about respecting authority, Trista thinks about how she's been raised to always ask herself, what would Jesus do? She says nothing to Pastor Skinner about how Jesus fought for what he believed in, how he stood up against corrupt people in power, how he showed women kindness and respect at a time in history when they received little of either. But that is not the Jesus who Pastor Skinner is talking about. In fact, the pastor isn't talking much about Jesus at all. <laughs> That just, like... I love that scene. Yeah, it was so good. And it, like, made me think about, like, the active and passive Christianity where, like, when you're talking about that, like, fake Jesus who's not really, like, the Jesus that's in the Bible, you can't be an active Christian because there is no kindness in that Jesus. So you can't go out and, like, spread love and, like, take care of people. But, like, when you start questioning that and you say, what would Jesus actually do? Then you're like, oh, Jesus would be at Black Lives Matter protests and he'd be getting fucking tear gassed by the police. Maybe that, is that too political? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What is too political? But, yeah. I just really appreciated that. that I appreciated good. the dichotomy between her mother being a really, really good, like, awesome mm -hmm. person, like, advocating for things. And then Pastor Skinner, who was just, like, absolutely horrible, everything God. I hate about Christians. Yep. <laughs> advocating for respecting the church and respecting everybody in it. But then when it comes to actually her advocating for those rights, he says, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, like, men in power in the book, um, I didn't, I guess I didn't write down the page number. I just wrote, uh, police fuck like in like my writing is terrible right there because that was when i think they went to the police not the police in cheyenne's town but the other police in their town oh my god and again it goes back to the like everyone is connected in the town because it's a tiny town and they have a very prominent church and you know the police are connected to the pastor and the pastor's connected to the principal and everyone's connected and the police were disgusting i that part was so painful <sighs> it was and you know, I guess they, it was satisfying at the end to have Cheyenne go to the sheriff in her town and the sheriff be really, really nice. And then the sheriff go to the police in the other town and be like, fuck you. That was very satisfying. I, I don't feel like it's that realistic, but yeah. it was satisfying at least to read in a book, you know? Yeah. And then there's always that part of me that's like, I wish we had had more easily accessible a figure of authority that was being supportive. Which is kind of why I wished that Grace had told her mom initially about it. Because I feel like the entire time the book was saying, don't go to adults, which I didn't like. It wasn't until the very end when they found the right adult and then suddenly everything was coming into place. But the entire time, like, I didn't like the message of you can't trust adults. Like, you can't talk to them about mm -hmm. these things. I think it's if you are a youth and you need help, please go talk to an adult. Like a good adult. A good Find a good adult that you trust and go talk to them because it's really, really important to ask for help. Yeah, it would have that would have been a good message to have with Grace's mom because she would have been an extremely supportive yeah. parent and adult. And she was in a position of at least a little bit of power in the community. I mean, not much because their church wasn't nearly as big as Pastor Skidder's church. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she was an authority figure of some sort and she was, yeah, it would have been, I really wanted Grace to like confide in her. And also Grace not even being willing to tell her mom, we're going to go help a girl that was raped. I feel like that should have been acceptable for Grace to tell her mom. Yeah. Like, I have a friend that needs help. Like, but instead she just said, I can't tell you. Which like, that's fine. But yeah. It would have been nice if she had yeah. told her mom and her mom could have been that supportive parent. Because yeah. we didn't really have any, other than the sheriff. There were no supportive adults. And that wasn't until the very, very end. Very, very end. Yeah. Which is why it hurt so much when they were, like, trying to fix these things and they just kept 
being told over and over and over again, like, stop. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's part of, like, the whole being in a conservative small town Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. If you're in a conservative small town, move. (laughs) If only if it was that easy. (laughs) If only it was that easy. And that wraps up the discussion. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We definitely enjoyed the book this time. We did. Uh, If you want to find us, we're on Twitter at DebutantePod. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree? What books do you want us to discuss next? You can also find us on anchor.fm slash debutantes-and-debauchery and on our website, debutantesanddebaucherypodcast.blogspot.com. You can also listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Our next episode will actually be a special one, as it will be released the same day the book is published, on September 15th. We will be discussing The Art of Saving the World by Corinne Dalvis. After that, we will return to our regular three-week schedule. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one.